The reason he was able to do this is that he taught them how to use five core principles, the same ones that I mentioned earlier. The first was using breath control through box breathing. That is, they were anticipating stressful situations or given tasks that they didn't know how they could possibly achieve. He taught them how to box breathe. And through box breathing, they were able to settle themselves down, calm their anxiety, and put themselves in a much calmer state. He then worked with them on teaching them how to do positive internal dialogue. Hi, I'm Dr. Nafisa Sikandri, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety-based disorders. I created the Mental Health Break podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you prioritize your mental health. Mental illness can cost you time and money. Ignoring your symptoms will only make the problems worse. Taking time out of your busy day to dedicate to improving your mental health can lead to long-term health and wellness. In this podcast, you'll learn tips, tricks, and proven strategies to help you regain control of your life, all while prioritizing your mental health. If you want to improve your life, regain control of your mental health, and feel empowered, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by my weekly free live virtual webinar titled Three Steps to Calming Your Brain and Instantly Increasing Efficiency, happening every Thursday. Visit transforminganxiety.com slash calm dash register and save your spot today. Live Q&A to answer all of your anxiety-related questions. So go to transforminganxiety.com slash calm, C-A-L-M dash register and secure your spot now. Today I'm speaking to author John R. Miles, the author of Passion Struck. Let me introduce him briefly before I bring him on. John is a leading authority on intentional behavior change, personal growth, and mattering, and is a beacon of inspiration and transformation. As a celebrated leader, captivating keynote speaker, and the host of the award-winning podcast, Passion Struck with John Miles, He's on a mission to help individuals unlock their untapped potential, challenge the status quo, and embark on a journey towards a profoundly meaningful and purpose-driven life. Recognized as one of the top thinkers in personal mastery and a premier 100 leader, his influence extends far and wide. His podcast consistently ranks among the world's top 100 shows and is the number one alternative health podcast offering practical insights for those who aspire to live a life that truly matters. With over two decades of corporate and military leadership experience, he's the trusted advisor sought after by some of the world's most prominent companies and visionary entrepreneurs. His leadership acumen has been instrumental in generating billions in sales and advising multiple unicorn startups. Yet beneath these remarkable achievements, John's true passion lies in guiding individuals to live a passion-struck life in every facet. His story, like his podcast, is an inspiring journey towards significance. He developed Passion Struck out of the desire to create an impact by educating people on how to live a life that truly matters. Hi, John. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the Mental Health Break podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, Such an honor to be on your show. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. I'm so excited to talk to you. Can you uh, introduce yourself a little bit? I mean, I already gave an introduction about your past, but can you tell us a little bit about what you do and who you help and uh, what is the work that you're focused on right now? 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm John Myers. I'm a author, uh, podcast host, and peak performance coach, among other things. Uh, and I work with both individuals and corporations to help do two things. For individuals, I really help them work to how do they create a life of significance. And I do that uh, through, as I mentioned, the podcasts and the coaching and other things. Um, and then on a corporate standpoint, I really help companies to achieve better performance and to overcome employee disengagement by teaching them how to create a passion struck culture. Well, thank you. Wonderful. Uh, you do have a book called Passion Struck. And I noticed that in your book, you have a couple of things like anxiety optimizer and fear confronter. So can you talk a little bit about, like I specialize in anxiety-based disorders. So that's really my, my passion. And it sounds like you address that as well with the people you work with. Can you talk about how you help people overcome their anxiety and their fear-based mindset? Yeah, so I think it's it's good to take a step back and to perhaps lay out the framework for which the book is written from. So we have something that I refer to as the passion struck model. And if you want to think of this, if you're not looking at me on video, it consists of three circles. You could think of this being uh, Mickey Mouse's ears on two sides and then maybe his nose with another one. And all of these are concentric, so they overlap. And the, in the first circle, I have mindset shifts. And when I think of mindset shifts, I think of the how we are going to take actions to, to change the direction that we want to live our lives. And then that leads us to behavior shifts, which for me, as I describe it, becomes the how and the what. And then in the last circle, it's really deliberate action, which is the when and the where. And so the book is really organized around how do you use mindset shifts, behavior shifts, and what I call the psychology of progress, which is taking these deliberate daily actions to fulfill this overall um, model, which is underpinned with intrinsic motivation. So Within each one of these categories, there are six mindset shifts and six behavior shifts. And optimal anxiety happens to be one of the behavior shifts. Okay. So how do you help somebody deal with anxiety? Because like I said, I, as a therapist, help with a lot of people with anxiety and mindset and fear. And fear is at the root of anxiety. How do you help them, uh, not as a therapist, but as a coach, how do you help them overcome their anxiety? So I help them learn how to transform nervous energy into productive fuel. So for me, much of this chapter really goes into um, how do you get into a flow state of managing that anxiety that you have so that you learn how to optimally apply it to the most important areas of your life. And I really do this through five different areas that I talk about in the book. Uh, one of those is by breath control, uh, positive internal dialogue, the use of imagery or visualization, uh, implementing targeted focus, and then um, using intrinsic motivation to, to help with that. So you're using behavior management strategies basically to shape their behavior to get achieve the goals that they're focused on. I, I am. 
I am using primarily what my approach is, is behavior science. But I also, if they're looking to enhance physical aspects of their life, I also get into physical elements of it, such as how do you increase strength, stamina, agility, balance, and flexibility. But from the mental component of it, it's primarily improving uh, the cognitive skill set, uh, which I do through that behavior modification. And then you deal with fear a lot, right, as a success coach. And I know that mindset, a fear can definitely impact our mindset. How do you help people that have a difficult time with uncertainty and, and, and changing and they don't like the idea of change even? How do you help them with all of that? People often think that the highest achievers don't experience self-doubt, imposter syndrome, etc. And the key message I try to put out there is it doesn't matter what level you're at, uh, whether you're the CEO of a Fortune 50 company, you're one of the most elite athletes, or you're wherever you're at in your life, we all confront fears. And it's the matter of getting that mindset correct around how you're looking at, whether it's self-doubt, imposter syndrome, fear in itself, that I think is at the root of everything that needs to be overcome. So some different ways that I approach this is one to identify the fear and why it's there in the first place. So perhaps it's good to give um, an example of a, a person I knew and worked with to help them overcome their fear. This uh, person uh, happened to be an avid sailor, and one time uh, while they were sailing, they got hit by the boom of the boat, and it caused them to have a concussion. And from that point forward, they were always afraid to get on a sailboat uh, because they were afraid the same thing was going to happen. And so for me, a, a big part of this is doing cognitive reframing of how they're perceiving the fear that they have. So I got them to visualize just how many times they'd been on the sailboat prior to that accident happening and how many times that they had gone through that without having any incident at all. Um, I then walked them through the stuck points using more cognitive behavior therapy or cognitive processing therapy to get through the thoughts that were blocking their ability to get through that scenario, what the stuck points were, and then to start going deeper into why that was making them feel that way, eventually helping them to realize that that time that they got hit by the boom was an isolated one-time occurrence. Its likelihood of happening, now that they were aware of it, was low and there were things that they could do, especially look for weather patterns and other things that could create a greater greater opportunity for this happening that would allow them to avoid it, get back in the boat and confront their fear. Um, that's just one personal example. Do you do anything as far as lifestyle change to help them or do you mostly focus on behavior management and changing mindset? No, I will also do lifestyle changes uh, because oftentimes 
just shifting the mindset isn't enough. They need to do overall uh, lifestyle alterations as well to achieve what they want to become. So what kind of uh, people come to you for help? What kind of, uh, like, what's the typical profile of a client that you work with? So I work with a a number of different uh, client types. Uh, My primary group are high achievers who are facing self-doubt in some way, and they've made it to a certain level in their career, and they're looking for ways that they can take their career and their life to the next level. I also work with um, high achievers who have gotten stagnated for other reasons and are looking for ways to either improve their status in the career that they're at or perhaps take their love for a bigger passion in their life and alter it in that direction. I help uh, athletes who want to achieve going from becoming a great athlete to a to the peak of a performance in their sport to achieve that. And I also work with a lot of people who are younger in their career who are just trying to get started and want to understand some underpinnings uh, that they can apply in their life to help them uh, learn how they could build a life where uh, they are going to achieve the types of uh, success that they want to. Okay, sounds good. Can you talk a little bit about what else your book is about, the Passion Struck book? One of the major things I I talk about throughout the book is the power of intention. And a lot of people get intention uh, mixed up. And I think an easy way for them to think about it is when we are doing the wrong thing in our life or we're not being, when we're being unintentional about those things that we're pursuing, we're often taking the easy path. We're doing things that don't align to our core values. They don't align to pushing us closer to the goals that we want to achieve. Whereas being intentional is often doing the harder thing because it's aligned to our core values, because it's pushing through fear or self-doubt to achieve this greater aspiration of what we want to become. And a core thing that I that I've examined is I I really believe that Angela Duckworth was on the right track uh, in her book grit, where she says that passion and perseverance are absolutely critical to success. And in that book, she was examining cadets from West point. I happened to really start doing some deeper analysis on it around how do you become self-realized And the more I started to contemplate that with myself being a Naval Academy graduate, I started to think about putting myself in the shoes of those cadets as I was going through the Naval Academy. And what I realized is that although passion and perseverance were extremely important, if, like I was saying before, you're taking actions that aren't aligned with your core values, with your longer term aspirations of graduating, You can have all the grit that you want, but it's not going to be applied appropriately. So to me, intentionality is one of the most overlooked things that we need to treat like a muscle that can be developed over time. And so intentionality permeates everything that I talk about in the book. Is that similar to what Napoleon Hill talks about in the Think and Grow Rich, the the deep burning desire? Is that what you're basically talking about? 
that that drives you to accomplish your goals? I think that I think what he is referring to is more of that deep rooted passion. What I'm talking about is more what Wayne Dwyer had preached about. You can have that deep desire to do something, but if you're not taking deliberate action every single day that aligns with where you want to go, that passion is going to go unfulfilled because you're going to keep taking actions that are not taking you towards that passion, they're keeping you stuck exactly where you're at. So you're taking intentional action towards your goals consistently in order to accomplish it. And that's what you're saying is actually going to motivate you to accomplish as opposed to just having a desire or just having an interest in something. Well, I think things that, that we are doing correctly that are keeping us from our goals. I think so many of us are purposely I say purposely, but it's unconsciously leaving, living in a state of autopilot where we keep doing the same thing unconsciously day after day after day. And we get stuck in the zone of mediocrity. And I was just interviewing uh, my friend, Hal Elrod, author of The Miracle Morning uh, the other day, and we were talking about this. And Cornell did a study of thousands of individuals that were nearing death or that stage of their life. And they asked them what the biggest regret that they had. 76% of them responded that it wasn't achieving their life aspirations. They didn't feel like they had lived a self-realized life. And when you start thinking about that, that's 76% of the population. So it, so it got me, as I was writing this book, really thinking about why is it that we choose to live that way and these aspirations that we had when we were younger go by the wayside and we find ourselves just living each day in the same way. And a lot of it gets into what we were discussing before. It's we let fear, self-doubt, anxiety, other things get in the way of us achieving these this life that we want to have, including the other pressures that come along. Uh, if you get married, have a family, career, other things that I think keep us farther and farther away from doing the self-work that we need to do on a continual basis to push through to become the person we want to become. So the person has to be, like you said, a high achiever. How do you help somebody that may be not as motivated or easily distracted? Are they able to accomplish their goals with your method or is that something... That, that might not work. Yes. The way I designed this was that anyone at any point could use this methodology to live their life. And one of the key things that I did was, as I was mentioning, I divided this into three sections, the mindset shifts, the behavior shifts, and then the last section I call the psychology of progress. And in the first chapter of the third section, I lay out a continuum that I call the passion struck continuum. But to me, there are different plateaus that you go through on your journey to becoming passion struck. And so I defined five of them just to give some place that people could place themselves at. And uh, this starts with someone that I call the subsistence. Um, you then move from the subsisting ch stage into the next stage, which is called the imitator then to the vanquisher, 
to the orchestrator, and then finally to the creative amplifier. And on my website, I've uh, right on uh, the front page, I've put a quiz that people can take that's 20 questions long. It'll take you about 10 minutes that will pinpoint where you're at on this continuum, and then it'll give you a series of initial steps. But in the book, I also give a matrix that kind of shows based on where this test places you, typically the steps that you've already accomplished. So it gives you an understanding of where you can come into the framework and then use the steps to move forward. So I, I hope that helps to explain it. You said that you use behavior science and peak performance strategies to help people improve their lives. Can you explain what that looks like? Yeah, so in each chapter, the way I wrote the book is I explain a concept. So let's take uh, the mission angler concept, which is um, the first step in the passion struck framework. I underpin this whole chapter with the behavior of science concept of life crafting. And I use an interview that I did with Hal Hirschman, who's a professor at the University of California, uh, Los Angeles, in the Anderson School of Business, who's really an expert in this field of how do you craft your future self. And so this chapter really goes into that too often we are looking at ourselves in the gap versus the gain. So what's important here is that I use the analogy of a, of a mission angler because I'm a big fisherman. And just as when you go out to go fishing, you don't want to just sit there twiddling your thumbs. You're doing research. You're understanding where the fish are going to be. It's similar to where you want to craft your life to be. But oftentimes, too many of us are trying to look at ourselves and compare ourselves to someone else that we see, whether it's an influencer, it could be a boss that we have, it could be another figure in our life. And so we're constantly stuck in the, in the gap. Whereas what I try to have people consider is when you're thinking of that craft, that life you want to craft, when you're thinking of your future self, what you really need to compare yourself to is your past self and really look at the gains that you're making between where you once were and where you are now. I mean, even me as a podcaster, you as a podcaster, it'd be easy to say we want to be Andrew Huberman or Joe Rogan or Jay Shetty or Mel Robbins and try to compare ourselves to that, but we're going to be completely disappointed because we're coming at this from a completely different place than they did and that where they are. So that's just an example and then in each chapter, I then lay out the principles and then I talk about some different scenarios of people who have actually implemented these in their own life uh, so that you can learn from their experience. In that chapter, I highlight Jim McKelvey, who is the co-founder of Square and Gary Vaynerchuk. And then I go through how to apply it in your life and then give some practical exercises. And that's the same formula I use throughout the book. Plus, um, I weave in my own personal stories. So given everything you know now, what advice would you have for your younger self? I get this question uh, often, and my answer to it would be, I basically wrote this book for my 20-year-old self because I dedicate this book to my son and daughter who are 25 and 19. And 
I was trying to think of what is something that I could leave behind for them at their age right now that they could use to cultivate a passion-struck life. And so what I've distilled here are over 25 years of things that I've done in my life. And when I was originally writing this, there were far more mindset shifts and behavior shifts that I came up with. But I actually spent uh, seven years then looking at these and looking at titans of industry, actors and actresses, musicians, uh, professional athletes, researchers who were at the pinnacle of their fields. And I found a very common overlap between 12 of them. And that's why I decided to use those because they're ones that not only worked in my life, but I saw them reappear so many times in other people's lives who had broken through and were living the life that they had always wanted to live. And so for me, that that it is these 12 life principles that I wish I would have told myself when I was in my early 20s. So where can people find you and reach out to you if they need to uh, or want to reach out and want to work with you? Where can people find you? You can find me anywhere on social media at John R. Miles or at the Passion Struck Podcast, which is another handle we use. You can listen to the Passion Struck Podcast, which is available everywhere you listen to podcasts. My website is Passion Struck, or you can pre-order the book on the website, passionstruck.com forward slash Passion Struck book. And right now, um, if you pre-order it, we're giving away over $300 of free gifts that I've personally curated of uh, tackling issues that I know my audience has top in mind. Wow. Thank you. Uh, I'll make sure to add all that information in your show notes, but thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave me a comment about this episode. I'd love to hear from you. Bye for now.